Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Could you tell me who you are and what you do? I'm Dan Goldberg. I'm the deputy editor for the Politico Healthcare Team. Cool. And you're here just in time to uh, ruin my holidays. <laughs> well, hopefully not. Hopefully uh, you take the proper precautions and everybody in the Siegel family is safe and sound. Concern tonight about a possible winter COVID surge, lagging vaccine rates, a slight uptick in cases, and major holidays around the corner have local health experts worried. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, past performance does indicate future results. And we know from last year that the holidays can spread COVID significantly. And that just by law of numbers means a lot of people will be hospitalized and die. Dan Goldberg on why COVID cases are rising and why things are probably going to get worse. Uh, currently right now, unfortunately, things are getting worse. You know, we had gotten through that that peak uh, in early September uh, and then sort of you saw the numbers come down throughout the month of October and the first half of November. But now the numbers are ticking up again. Uh, the United States is averaging about 94,000 new infections every single day. That's up about 30% in the last two weeks. And as you might expect, hospitalizations are starting to tick up as well. Not as fast, but that's they are moving in the wrong direction. And we're still averaging more than 1,100 people dying every day from COVID. 1,100 every single day. Are there certain areas or states or populations where we're seeing more significant rises in cases or hospitalizations or deaths right now? What we know is COVID has a certain seasonality to it, which means essentially as the weather gets colder and pushes more people indoors, you're going to see more spread. Uh, so, you know, in Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, North Dakota, Maine, the states that are getting colder faster. Um, I think there was just some snowfall actually out in Chicago and Michigan. Uh, that's where COVID right now is concentrated. And we're starting to see it move uh, from the tippy top of the Northeast in Maine down into Vermont, New Hampshire, the upper part of uh, upstate New York, Western New York near Buffalo, uh, little Western Pennsylvania near Erie, the places in the United States that get colder first. What about um, trends involving vaccinations. Like I remember, you know, months ago um, when Delta first started hitting, we talked a lot about there being sort of two Americas and two pandemics and how Delta and COVID was hitting the unvaccinated and wasn't so much hitting people who are vaccinated. Obviously, there's more data at this point on things like breakthrough cases. People are further off um, from when they finish their initial series of shots if they are vaccinated. Are we seeing cases and hospitalizations and even deaths hit vaccinated people? Or are we still seeing these sort of trends of, of two pandemics? Well, I want to be absolutely clear. The overwhelming majority of people who are hospitalized and die from COVID uh, are unvaccinated people. Or in some cases, they are vaccinated but have some very serious underlying condition. Um, you know, General Colin Powell comes to mind, right? I mean, there was somebody who was vaccinated, but also had a, a severe underlying condition. Um, that said, uh, we are starting to see more and more breakthrough cases. And you are correct that one of the things we are seeing now is people who are more than six months out from their second shot have what uh, we call waning immunity. Um, we knew the vaccines were very effective, upwards of 90 percent if you got Moderna or Pfizer and, and 
uh, pretty high if you got Johnson and Johnson. But over time, the protection those vaccines offer starts to drop. And so you are more and more vulnerable to a breakthrough infection, which uh, sometimes will just leave you sick. Uh, but then if you're older or, uh, you know, have diabetes or some other underlying condition, you may end up even vaccinated in the hospital. And that is why you're starting to see governors and uh, CDC really push boosters. And, and one other point that I would make is while about two thirds of this country have been fully vaccinated, a third of the United States is still we're talking 100 million people. That is a lot of room for the virus to spread and do a lot of damage. I want to go back to a number that you mentioned that appears in your story that when I first read it and when you just said it again, just like really shocked me that 1100 deaths a day number, which is basically the same figure that we saw last year before vaccines had been authorized. Um, how do you like expect? that number to someone who's saying, wait, I mean, even though there is waning immunity, you know, even though there are people who who still aren't vaccinated, a lot of people are vaccinated. We have vaccines. Things are better than they were a year ago. How do you ch explain that number? One word, Delta. What people and some of this is on the media uh, and some of this is on the government and some of this is just our, our the way our human brains work. You know, we are thinking of coronavirus as sort of this 20 month pandemic or 20, you know, ongoing pandemic. But the Delta variant, it's almost like a new virus. It is so much more transmissible and therefore it's going to hit more vulnerable people. And so, yes, we are more vaccinated. We have therapies like monoclonal antibodies that, that can help prevent serious illness. But the fact that the virus is so much more contagious means it's just doing more damage and, and really don't think of it or you shouldn't think of it as apples to apples with last year, right? I mean, it is all the coronavirus and, and uh, it's obviously one pandemic, but it, we're talking about something that is exponentially more transmissible than the variant we saw last year. So cases are rising right now, just a few days before Thanksgiving, obviously a big travel and gathering holiday. Then we have, you know, Hanukkah, we have Christmas, we have winter breaks, we have New Year's, colder weather, people heading indoors. I mean, when you do look at the trends that we're seeing right now and think about the social factors also for the weeks and months ahead, what do you think is in store? Well, unfortunately, um, given what we know about what happened last year, uh, I think it's going to be a very bleak January. Um, you know, we know that people tend to see relatives over Thanksgiving and Christmas, right? And we know that a lot of those relatives are elderly um, and in some cases, or in some cases, have underlying conditions. We saw this happen last year. You know, there are more than 100,000 people died in January of 2021 in one month. I don't think it will get that bad, or at least I'm, I'm trying to convince myself that it won't get that bad because we do have better therapies. We do have the vaccine. So we're not as in, we're not in as dire shape. But, you know, right now, like I said, we're at around 1100 deaths every day. The way the trend lines are going, that number will rise and rise significantly over the next eight to 10 weeks. I want to ask sort of about what could change that, because you were talking earlier about officials pushing boosters more. Um, boosters were just widely recommended for all adults in the U.S. Shots were recently authorized for younger kids aged five to 11. I'm curious how much you think the COVID outlook looking ahead um, at, at the months we were just talking about, like how much the way things end up could be dependent on who decides 
to get a booster or to get their kid vaccinated in the days ahead. I mean, obviously, Thanksgiving is about to happen, so it probably won't affect then. But looking forward to winter break and stuff, like how much do you think the situation could change based on the decisions that people are making in like the days ahead? Everything could change based on the decisions people uh, are making in the days ahead. You're right. It's too late for Thanksgiving. But yes, if there's an, a tremendous uptake in vaccinations and boosters ahead of Christmas, that really would change the outlook. Unfortunately, um, I'm skeptical that we're going to see a, a drastic change in, in human behavior over the next four weeks. And remember, I mean, Christmas is obviously the end of December, um, and it takes a week or two weeks for the boosters to really take effect. So you're looking at about a two to three week window before it's too late for Christmas, right? Um, now, it's possible that people all of a sudden, you know, decide to quarantine themselves before traveling and get very strict about masks and social distancing or boosters. Um, but that does not seem to be the road the U.S. has taken at any point during this pandemic. So I'm skeptical that that will start now. That said, I, I do hope that by the spring, when the weather warms up a little, uh, presuming there's no new variant or no new wrinkle in, in the coronavirus, that enough people will be vaccinated um, and, and with a little bit of help from the weather, we, we may we may be past the, the worst of it. Um, that that's my hope at least by the by then that enough will vaccinated uh, enough kids the boosters will be a little more prevalent that maybe we we can if we can get through january things will start to improve in february march april etc dan goldberg thanks so much for talking with me thank you so much for having me it's always a pleasure also today Around 95% of the 3.5 million federal employees covered by President Biden's vaccine mandate for government workers have complied with the requirement. The White House announced the new numbers yesterday when the mandate went into effect. They consider any federal worker who is in the process of getting vaccinated or requesting an exemption as in compliance with the rule. For federal workers who haven't complied with the mandate, a senior administration official said agencies are offering a, quote, education and counseling process, followed by additional enforcement steps over time, if needed. And a congressional committee investigating the Trump administration's response to the coronavirus pandemic is calling for former Food and Drug Administration Commissioner Stephen Hahn to appear for questioning. In a letter released by the committee on Monday, the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Crisis requested Hahn, who served as a member of President Trump's COVID task force, to agree to a transcribed interview and produce relevant documents to its investigation. The committee has, in recent weeks, ramped up its probe, focusing on the Trump White House's interference in federal health agencies' work and efforts to control the messaging around the pandemic to downplay the threats of the virus. Subscribe to Politico Dispatch wherever you get your podcasts, and if you can, leave us a rating and review. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening. <laughs>